It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever, yet so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you? Man, school is back and it is quiet around the office again. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That is right. For many of our listeners, uh, you, m- many of your students are back in school or about to start back to school, or maybe you still have a few weeks. I know that every once in a while there are those places that it seems like, do you guys ever go to school? Um, your True. homeschool kids are still trying to convince you, oh, no, I worked really hard all summer long. Yeah, I've got on, exams dude. next week, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah, well. No, my son started school this week too. It's weird. So he's he's one. It's it's daycare school. It's not actually like learning school. Although he does have learning times scheduled. I don't know. They showed us the schedule a couple of weeks ago when we took him in to like see like what he was gonna do and like meet the teacher stuff. And I was like, it says here he's got learning hour. I don't know what you plan on teaching him, but hold on though. Uh, like at that home, age, I home. If, if he has homework, I'm done. <laughs> but I feel like at that age, like, isn't, like, all hours learning hour? Like, right. if, if you're two or less than two, like, what are they doing outside of learning hour, right? Like, that's my question. Learning to feed myself. Learning to be independent. Learning, working on walking. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> learning oh, not to poop my pants. Pants, yeah. Learning, learning to alert you when my pants are wet or full. Disgusting. Oh, Disgusting. Well, <laughs> Chad, welcome to episode 41. Dude, we're on 41 episodes of After 9. That's pretty Over the exciting. Hill. Over the hill. Over Our the podcast hill. is actually in a midlife crisis right now. <laughs> Thinking about buying a do. sports car. And so... <laughs> Well, with all that after nine A nine steak sauce and beard oil money, it's going to be real easy to buy that uh, sports car. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, what do we got for the people today, Chad? On episode forty one of After Nine, <sighs> leadership teams. Is it worth it? Now, what kind of leadership teams? Like, like anybody leadership teams, or what do you think? Student thinking? leadership teams. So, uh, for many youth ministers, um, they will either recruit or. Um, their students will vote. I know many student ministries that will have <laughs> like full out like elections of their students that are yeah. on this leadership team from each grade and all that kind of stuff. And they will make up a leadership team or a leadership council or a leadership group. Um, that a caucus. Sometimes, <laughs> a caucus. Oh, that would be awesome. If you had a Republican party and a Democratic party that had nothing to do with those political platforms. Right. Just a bipartisan youth ministry for mm. whatever. It would be great. Yes. It would be great. I'm sure uh, that would cause no problems at all. No questions raised, no eyebrows. Yeah, no. But student leadership teams, councils, groups, caucuses, <laughs> caucusi. What is the plural? I don't know. Uh, for many, this is kind of the golden goose of youth ministry, right? Like this is like if you have student leadership 
groups, teams, councils, you've done it as a youth minister, right? Like, I just feel like there's a question that's not being asked in that. And the question today for all of our After Nine listeners, where we ask the most honest questions in youth ministry, Chad Higgins, is this. Student leadership, is it worth it? <laughs> so let me ask you this question. If you're I don't know youth, if it is. <laughs> if you're a youth minister, right, for After Nine, that's where we get our name. You're leaving your, you know, Wednesday, Sunday night uh, group. It's about 9 o'clock. You finally lock the doors. You're asking yourself all these big questions, you know, um, why did so-and-so not show up? Why are my leaders not engaged? Is this leadership team worth it? So let me right. ask you this question, Zach. <laughs> If you're a youth minister, you're walking to your car tonight, and that question is in your head, what is the scenario that has happened? Like, Um, We just had our back-to-school youth council after church leadership meeting where you brought the vision, and they were supposed to supply the ideas to enable the vision. Gotcha. And they – came guns empty okay. like, because because i was the student on that youth council and so i'm totally biased but growing <laughs> up i was in youth council and we used to on wednesday nights after youth group have youth council meetings i don't know why my youth pastor wanted to have a later night already <laughs> he's already week. there he's already know? there what's the difference between staying to 9 30 versus 8 30 right. i don't know and it was i remember it every fall he was like i'm so excited i really want this school year to be about blank and we would have nothing and we would banter and we would talk and we'd eat his pizza and we would leave and i could just see take 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 i could just see the wash of (sighs) like just over his face over his ideas because we weren't helping to further it we were just sitting around being a complaining committee of 15 year olds (laughs) Or I can I can see this being another scenario. Okay, what's the other one? That group plans something, okay, yes. <laughs> and then they don't show up to it. Yes. Okay. Good. So they so two weeks before this <laughs> night, they got together and said, "You know what we need to do? We need to have a fundraiser, a drive." to help the homeless community in the downtown right. region of our town. We're going to get socks, canned goods, toothbrushes. It's going to be great. And then that afternoon at 4 o'clock, the texts start rolling in. Hey, man, I got a test tomorrow. Hey, man, practice is going to run long. Hey, friend, I won't be able to make it tonight. Hey, sorry, youth minister, I won't be able to be there. And it's all on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if you're the youth minister that you have almost sent that reply text that you were like, "Mm, that's probably coming on a little too strong and forceful and you had to delete it. (laughs) Then you know exactly where we're sitting in in this boat because you had expectations. They've, they've shown an interest or a desire, but yet they're 15, 17 and it just fell through. And so I think this is kind of the existential crisis for a lot of industry folks is that we, we feel like we should be training up leaders to be engaged and involved in the ministry that we're creating because we don't want to be the people that are just running some kind of show or tour stop or you know hangout time or daycare for teenagers. But yet, Chad, there are some weeks that we ask, is all this extra stuff worth it? Because it sure feels like a lot of extra work, right? Like there's no student leadership model that requires less of the student minister who's putting it on. So what do we do? <laughs> what yeah. we've it's an issue, but what do we do? Well, so let me ask you this question. What and from your experience, 
What do most of these student councils or leadership groups or caucuses, what do, what do they look like? What are they comprised of? I mean, give me some more insight of things that you've seen because maybe some of our listeners are, are hearing this for the first time and they're like, oh, that's that's kind of a neat idea. Or, or maybe they're wanting to retool theirs or, or whatever. So what are ways that you've seen them in the past? Typically, the two ways that I've seen it play out is you either have one major council or group, and that group is either older students by proxy or, or by, by seniority. They happen to be older, so they happen to be leaders or it's some kind of voted large groups maybe there's a representative from each grade or the model is smaller sub teams related to a certain topic that either all meet together or only meet as needed so maybe you have a missions leadership team a worship leadership team uh, a, a welcome wagon team and so these smaller teams of you know, two to three to five people meet separately than the youth council of 15 people. And I think each one of those models probably has problems inherent to itself. Uh, already, if you've got three to four to five small leadership teams or circles, uh, you're probably going to want to have some kind of adult leader connected to it to help oversee it. So it's not always you, but that remains you're going to have extra meetings like all the time or at least extra emails or phone calls. And then the youth council version is great, but usually you get 15 people in a room. It's not always very decisive. Like there's a lot of maybe talk or brainstorming, but as far as like pulling things off or putting things together, it doesn't always seem to happen because it's just a little too big to really make it work. And so I don't know. It feels like every version of it has some kind of issue. Uh, And I I do think that like engaging students in leadership roles is important, but – man, I, I need a different way. I need a different idea or at least some different purposing. Right. You know, I've, I've done the, the one where you were talking about that had the smaller groups, right? We had multiple, um, uh, different areas, whether it be the leadership or the, the band and the, the welcome group and, and the serving place. And we always had this like snack shack thing. And I had students that would run that the other way though, the council idea um, I always pictured it in my head of just like all of these students sitting around and then all of the students are like, we should do a lock-in. And then they all just look at me and they're like, yeah. when we say we should do a lock-in, really we <laughs> just mean, hey, you should do a lock-in and we will come if we're available. If we're available. <laughs> if it's a good night for us. <laughs> if it's a good night for us. And like that's always how I felt like some youth council thing was going to like play itself out. And I was there was always this tension in me of feeling like who is on that, right? And like right. how do you determine who's on something like that? Does that immediately like disqualify anybody else in your ministry from being a leader if they're not on that? How many terms can they serve? Right. <laughs> Is it just the council of Chad's favorites? Uh, see, I always, I always like resented any kind of youth council model because I just assumed that people would guess that it was just like my twelve favorite kids or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that's that's not fair. It just happens that those twelve kids show up all the time, and I can just you know, get a hold of them. But no, you're right. Like it's, it's one of those, either you have the group that looks for you to do more work or they create more work for you to do, or you have lots of little groups that in managing them, it creates more work for you to do. Right. (laughs) 
So, so, he, so the question that we're having, right, is, is it worth it? So what do you think, Zach? Is it, is it worth it? Normally don't, we don't answer these questions, right, in that bluntly, but is it worth it? Can I be bold today, Chad? Be, be bold. Be bold, Zach. Be bold. I don't think it's worth it. Okay, why? I, I really – so in the, in, the two, okay, in the two ways that we've talked about it, both the council model and having all of these teams, I don't think it's worth it. I think all you're doing is creating another layer of infrastructure in a ministry that is only temporary. Like students aren't students in youth ministry forever. Students are students for a short time and then they get older and they graduate or they move on or they become adults and hopefully they get connected later on. And so my thing to kind of throw out before we take it to the break and break it down today is this. If you are creating student leaderships for your student ministry, my question for you is, what or who are you serving? Because I feel like in many cases, we feel like it's the thing we ought to do before we've paused and considered what are we doing when we establish that. Because I think a lot of youth ministry folks feel the call or the obligation to do some kind of structured student leadership program, but the end result or the gain is only more work. When in reality, what they were really hoping to do was just to find a place for them to serve. And I guarantee, I guarantee there are a dozen places outside of the student ministry that are eager to receive your excellent, growing, mature, seniority young people to serve in the church. I'm not saying you don't have people in your youth ministry serve your youth ministry. But I think the circle of consideration and the way in which we structure has limited us to not imagine how important their serving can be in so much is that part of the reason they didn't show up for whatever the thing that they have heartily planned uh, show up for it is because we didn't give them a big enough pool, chance, or opportunity to serve beyond just the student ministry group. Well, now that we know how you feel about that, <laughs> let's go to the break. And when we come back, we'll really break down and, and ask these questions. Because even though Zach gave you his answer really quick, I want to push back a little bit because I think maybe for some of our listeners out there, maybe this is something um, for you that is worth it. But if it isn't, let's really evaluate how we can know if it isn't effective for our specific ministry. And maybe we have one. How do we kill it? So come back after the break. Uh, I can feel the angry text rolling in already. (laughs) Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. As we move into the next chapter of After 9, we want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash After 9 to become a supporter. You can also visit www.after9ministry.com slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support.
and welcome back to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. Uh, I'm Zach Working. Well, Zach, um, now that you have upset half of our audience that <laughs> no longer wants to listen to anything you say because the last three years of their life and all of the frustration has now culminated to the fact that you tell them, hey, you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. <laughs> so dig right. yourself out of this hole, my friend. You were hitting the bullseye on the wrong target, and now we hate you. <laughs> uh, well, no, but, but here's okay, so here's the thing that we talked about before the episode, Chad, that I think is is relevant to this. I think the question of student leadership is a youth ministry philosophy kind of question. Yeah, and I think what's happened is people haven't thought about it at the philosophical <laughs> level; they've only thought about it at the programming level. It's never been. Should we do this or what are we doing with this? But just how do I get it done or how do I do it better? And I really press on all of our listeners to reconsider what were you even trying to accomplish? Absolutely. Because one of the things that it baffles my mind, and I guess it's just because it's never been the way that I've, I think about things, is I think a lot of times in student ministry, we – we see the way that other people do things, right, or have always done things, and so it's like well, that's just part of student ministry. And I think like these leadership groups and councils and things like that. I, I think for a long time people were like, "Oh, that's a really well thought out student ministry." If yeah. they had something like that, uh, but I think in some ways, I I, I think that. If we're trying to do this one-size-fits-all student ministry, then I think for us specifically, we're going to get frustrated because I think God's given each of our churches different peoples. He's He's gifted us in some different ways, and so I think it's really important that as we structure this student ministry that we're in, we're really asking these tough questions of what exactly does this group need? And so yeah. for you a, a, as a listener today, if you're sitting here going, well, I've got a student ministry team, it's working really well, then awesome. It probably fits in your structure and probably somewhat of who you are as a leader. But maybe for some of the people out there, they're going, well, I don't have one, but I think it could fit. So tell me, Zach, even though you, you're completely opposed to it, hate it with every fiber of your being, I, okay, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. What are what are some scenarios that you could see a youth team or youth leadership team working really well in? So here's where I think they are helpful. I, I think in the same way that I feel about a lot of teams and committees at churches. So like just know that this is my general critique of all teams and committees at churches and not just student ministry or student leadership ones. Are they getting together for a purpose? And are they welcome to be done once that purpose is complete? Mm -hmm. And I think that for me is like the, the reason you get that youth council year in and year out of just dreaming up ways for Chad to do more lock-ins for his kids is because they never had a goal that they kind of like like centered themselves around. And they never had like a due date or a deadline to say we either did it or we didn't get it done, you know? And I think that's, so if you want to put together a team, like for instance, if you want to put together a team that, you know, raises money, prepares plans, goes on a mission trip, come back, comes back and reports, that's a great leadership team. If you want to have every fall people come together, some from the year before, some new, and put together a worship band song team, that's a great idea. If you want to have a team come together and help you plan 
camp or a retreat, that's a great team. But the idea that you've got to have one more layer of your ministry always to always kind of fill in or meet or gather without having the right kind of purposes to it, then have the freedom from your friends at After Nine to let go, have the license to say no, and wait around until there is kind of a spark or a catalyst to really be about a certain purpose or goal or effort. That's kind of, I think for me, like that's, I'm not saying no teams ever. I'm just saying don't do it because you felt you had to do it. Or that like, if you have teams, you're doing a good job. Cause I've been a part of youth ministries that had youth leadership teams that were not doing a great job. (laughs) Right. So if, if, if you're someone with a team right now and you realize, man, it is not working well at all. Um, what's some advice you would give give someone so I, I would find a way to begin to meet either with that team and kind of you set the agenda uh and this is what we're going to talk about and once we get done we're going to be done and so don't overdo the meetings don't overextend the meetings um, but I would maybe have the freedom this fall to shake it up. Maybe if you have a great class of leadership students that have been involved in a youth council or in some of your leadership teams, maybe find a way to reorganize or restructure those that still invite those leadership quality students to serve, to connect, to do, but don't have it just fill a roster that you had last year. It's the same thing with the budget problem, right? Like if you just live like you need five to 10% more than last year, always you've never done the evaluation that you need to do. And so I think the first step is also the last step and that's evaluate. What are we doing? Is it working? When is this team at its best? And I think that's the kind of clues to put together the right kind of puzzle of when is this team most beneficial? If that team is a great sounding board for ideas related to camp or retreats or like teaching series, then meet only as often as you need to meet for those reasons. Like don't just meet every month because you think you have to. If that team is really great at coming up with like, you know, mission or service day emphasis, then plan the dates. You plan the dates and then invite them in to help plan and structure some of the things that go along or coincide with those dates. Like if you want to have a canned food drive this fall, you work with the church calendar and the school calendars and, and the extracurricular calendars best you can set the date so it's on your terms but then have their input about how maybe to get people involved or to market it or you know to kind of the ways in which it can be run better because that's a way to get them connected to what's going on but you need to be able to be authoritative enough to make sure that the agenda is set correctly yeah no that's really good zach you know i'm i'm i've always been a huge proponent in that the structure of your youth ministry in some way teaches and models um, the way that students, you want them to begin to interact as they become adults. Yes. And so this idea of creating these like leadership teams, if your church isn't structured in a way to where lay people um, focus in on becoming some sort of like leadership team that oversees um, your your ministry staff, then it's almost counterproductive, right? Because then you're teaching them to do something that ends up having a dead end at the end once they graduate. And so I think it's much more productive when we find ways to engage students in 
different serving opportunities through the church to where they're able to grow into those as adults to where they continue to keep serving, right? Like creating some just outlied council that dies once they're, you know, that graduate high school, (laughs) you know what I mean? It, It just seems very counterproductive. It's like you're training these students really for, for this thing that dies and has no place in the larger church. But maybe for, I I know that many churches are very committee driven and things like that. And so maybe those are some opportunities. I, I think, I think maybe we would be much more served though in creating ways. If, if we have those type teams to allow the adults that are on those teams to be able to model and, and shepherd some of the students that you could see could possibly be part of these like leadership type teams when they get older, right? Like maybe you've got a great group of deacons in your church and you could um, allow some of your students um, to spend some time around deacons, right? Join maybe in their meetings if they're able to do those kind of things, join the deacons in some of the tasks that they do, all those kind of things. Um, Those are great ways that we build bridges also inside of our church that allows some of our older people to get to know some of the youth in the church. Um, and And I'll tell you firsthand, when the lay leadership in your church begins to see the work that you're doing with students. You talk about um, buy-in to your student ministry, appreciation for what you're doing. Because oftentimes for many student ministers, they're in another building or another room, and the only time the adults in your church are hearing what's going on in your church is when those like three boys are sitting on the third row of the church, and they're like throwing stuff around, and they're like, hey, where's the youth minister at, Right. And and so I think when we can help our people, especially people in our leadership of our church, see and help develop these students into godly young women and godly young men that um, understand how the church functions and not just how your student ministry functions. It's very yeah. healthy for the church and the student. Well, it's, it's the exact same thing we've talked about in many other areas of programming. Like you need to be not um, – at the same pace or at the same style of your church, but keeping in the same kind of flow or direction of your church. If, you're, if your church has space for junior deacons, junior ushers, or for people to help in childcare that are, you know, 16 or older or whatever, like those are excellent places for your leadership quality students to serve. And so don't hold them back or hoard them just for your area, but share them churchwide. But beyond just serving in the church in a broader sense, give them enough encouragement and direction to serve beyond the church community. I mean, I think about a lot of the complaints that we've heard for youth ministers um, just really frustrated or vexed by all the students' involvement in a lot of their extracurricular either clubs or sport activities, and then we turn right around and say, but don't forget to come to youth council at five on Sundays, right? And so there we are adding one more club, one more layer, when really all we wanted them to do was take the gospel of Jesus to the places that they were going. Um, yeah, there's events like camps and retreats and teaching series that some of them might end up being involved with with their whole life because they feel vocationally called to serve young people, but not all of them, and probably not even a lot of them. And so we've got to have ways to equip leadership students to serve in leadership roles that don't just look like church roles. 
Like if you really are about your leadership students and the ways in which they will lead this generation and the world, then you've got to put them with other leaders beyond just yourself to equip them to be the right kind of leaders. We don't need a youth ministry full of youth ministers in training. We need leadership students that are faithful and will carry the gospel of Jesus wherever they go lead, whether it's in business or in law, or in medicine, or in construction, or in any kind of entrepreneurial effort they may have. Wherever they're going, whatever they're doing, if they're leadership quality, if they're leadership quality, then they are going to need to have the quality of leaders around them so that they can become even better and find different ways to go and serve. Awesome, man. Well, Zach, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I think it was very insightful and uh, maybe a little bit different, right? I think a lot of times... We think of these things that many people do, and you're just supposed to agree with them, nod your head, and continue to do it, right? But um, we hope for all of our listeners, you're, you're doing ministry well. And sometimes that means evaluating. And maybe you disagree with everything that we said, and awesome. I, honestly, great today. Because if it gets you thinking and evaluating um, your own things, then I, I believe that we've helped in, in some way. So um, come back. Join us next week on After 9. Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your story.